What's up? Welcome back to the State of the Arc podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. This is our fourth episode of our Silent Hill 2 analysis. Um, I'm taking spoilers off the table now. So if you have not right. finished the game at this point, please go do that. Because I can't talk about anything <laughs> that I want to talk about. Like has been true of the last basically three episodes we've done. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't be, I can't reference the ending of the game, the big spoiler at the end of the game. So we're taking that off the table. That's going to be part of the analysis moving on. So please go finish the game if you haven't done so yet. Kason, just finished it. I just finished correct? it. Yep. Um, but you have not yet done the Maria's subplot thing yet. No, I haven't done that. I think it's called Birth from a Birth from a Wish. Birth from a Wish. I think is what that is called. Um, okay. So that we will be talking about in the final episode. So we're as of this recording, we're going to do two, two episodes here. Mm-hmm. So episode four and five, which will get us through the end of the game. We're assuming that next time we will talk about that, the the subplot for Maria. Maria. Um, we'll probably talk more about Jacob's ladder, mm-hmm. which I still have not had the chance to see yet. Kason right. did. He'll talk about it a little bit today. I did. I'll bring it up. Um, and then uh, we'll we'll open up some questions for the audience, particularly on Patreon. If you're uh, subscribed there at the five or ten dollar level, we'll prioritize those questions because that's what that tier is all about. So I'll put something up there if you want to ask us anything or uh, even just add perspective on anything to what's been said here for Silent Hill Two. You'll be able to do that there. So look for that. Also, we're voting on the next game. Yes, that's happening. It has already started. Um, the two games that are in the lead right now are Bioshock and Blood Omen Legacy of Kane. Um, Bioshock has a pretty sizable lead at this point, but it's not mm. impossible for Blood Omen to catch up. Um, there were a couple of others that I won't mention <laughs> because they're not really much point. But <laughs> uh, anyways, that's there. So uh, please check out cool. our Patreon if you'd like to contribute there and uh, be included in those um, those votes. So um, let's see. We left off at the elevator where Maria yeah, was killed yeah, by Pyramid Head. Yes. So th- I think I marked that right there. And we had read the quote, uh, he who's not bold enough to be stared at from across the abyss is not bold enough to stare into himself, or into yes. it himself. Um, Absolutely. You, you kind of uh, had a lot to say about that there. Yeah. So let's see, what's your next note? Uh, my next note is, if you want to see Mary again, you should just die. But you might be heading to a different place than her, James. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just on the wall. Some on who, the wall. who wrote yep. this? I have no idea. I have no idea. Someone's going around writing messages to us on the walls. Um, there was one we missed earlier. It was a uh, there was a hole here. It's gone now. Yep. Um, I don't know what to make of a lot of them. Really, <laughs> um, this one seemed very interesting. This is basically an insinuation that James is going to hell. And that if he were to die, he would not see her again. Yeah. Uh, but that if you want to see her again, you should die, meaning she's dead, right? Right. Uh, but ultimately, there there's really no hope. It's like the only chance you have is to die. But if you die, you're not going to be where she is. Right. Because you are a bad person. Right. So anyways, that was very interesting. Um, I basically got up to Eddie. Do you have anything that happens before reaching? Oh uh, yeah, I've got a few things. Okay. Um, there's a letter that calls us a fool, mm-hmm. and then I put the word "and," 
And I have no note after that. So I actually can't remember what else I was going <laughs> to write. What you were going to write there. <clears throat> and then there's this thing, uh, the door that wakes in darkness, opening into nightmares. Anyways, there's just like some poetry, some really just dark poetry, I guess, going on. Yeah. That's, uh, it's it's deep. It kind of feels like someone's groping around in my skull. Yeah, uh, right. When I read it, I'm right. like, ooh, that's kind of dissonant, right? It kind of right. feels a little awkward. Um but yeah, it's very good. Um, and then there's this weird thing that you have to do once you're around. There, there's this pedestal that looks like the Virgin Mary mm-hmm. um, praying atop of the pedestal. You know, there's a statue on top of it, and you have to like dig up behind it. Like, there's some notes that tell you what to do. Yeah, you've right. got to get like, um, is it a key or? A, yeah, there's it's a key. It was yeah. I, I think there was even um, a, a, an allusion to this a little bit earlier in a stairwell somewhere. I think it, it was written in really bad, like all spelled incorrectly. Yeah. That gave a hint that this is where this was. I, I, I assumed that was from Eddie or something oh, like that. Oh, right. Who had written it like... Well, I actually have kind of assumed that a lot of what's written here, is Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> is the one who wrote it. I don't know why I'm even thinking that, but it's probably not Laura. I doubt it's Angela. Maria just, just could be Maria, yeah. but I'm going to say Eddie um, based on the people that we know. Um and so then you have that, but that's so interesting because you've got this weird, just that strange statue. I don't know what the what the deal is with that statue. It's very interesting. But we mm-hmm. start seeing more of that type of um, religious imagery happening here. Yep. Um, and then there's also this like this this image. There's a picture hanging up on the wall of Pyramid Head and tons of people around him hung in glass boxes, like like they're hanging mm-hmm. right. And Pyramid Head is there, just like at the front of all of it. Um, I don't know what to make of that either. But yeah, I finally approached the holes in the ground that you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Where as yeah. soon as he, as soon as James sees a hole, he's like, "I gotta jump in." Yep. Right. There's no like, what else am I gonna do? Not jump in? Of course I'm gonna jump in. Right. And it just, it like a dream. It just kind of makes sense that that's what you do when you encounter a hole, and you just Geronimo, you just like jump down. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I was kind of forgetting the, um, the order of things here. <laughs> My notes are a little bit of a mess. So oh, really? I've kind of, I've kind of got two documents here one with a lot of the dialogue copied over that i want to talk about and in this one i was supposed to just give myself bullet points on the order of events and i think i've already got it wrong so yeah you're right <laughs> you Sorry, don't I just you don't a bunch you don't see eddie until you've gone through i think two of those until you've gone through the holes pits. yeah but there was something right before that so let me oh really um let me see if i can find it here there's a key and I don't know how much of this you did. Um, I, I tend to not do this as much as I know I should, I think. <laughs> um, particularly being someone who's played a lot of Souls, Dark Souls, and, and, and Bloodborne and games like that, where when you get new items, basically anything, you should go into the menu and examine that thing because oh, it'll give you an extra of description of what it is. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's there's true. actually that's a ton of clues to what's going on in Silent Hill 2 that you will miss if you don't do this. Okay. So my first time playing the game, mm. I mean, like years and years ago, I have no idea how much of that I did. But the first time replaying it now mm. for the podcast, I, I just didn't do enough of that, I think. <laughs> so I've kind of gone back through it again and tried yeah. to be more careful about that. Um, and there's, I mean, there's just, it's crazy. It's like opens up so many more possibilities <laughs> Um, and th- theories you can kind of think of of like, okay, what, what's really going on here? But 
Um, I, I thought you would get a kick out of this one. Yeah. You you examine a key, I think, that unlocks unlocks the gate, um, uh, that lead, leading into this area, and, and the tag of that uh, description reads, "Tis doubt which leadeth thee to purgatory." Mm-hmm. Um, so this section of sort of like diving down deeper, 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 yeah. right? Um, let's see how. I don't want to structure this thought <laughs> because I'm trying to think about what we've seen so far and what I haven't mentioned because I was afraid of spoilers. So, hmm. okay, let's put it this way. So we, we, you basically had figured out already. Um, and, and I think it's, I think it's pretty obvious too, that Maria is a projection. I think you, that was the word yeah. you, you used. And yeah. that's, I think, a really good word. A projection of right. the idealized version of James' wife, Mary. Right? Yeah. This is who he believes he wishes that she was. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, right? Yeah. And what's interesting is the pyramid head sort of like appearances in the game, right? Um, you talked about those bars, uh, that were yeah. kind of bent. Yes, and pyramid and, was and pyramid those. head is is just standing there looking. He's not yes. doing anything. It's almost like right. you're just staring at each other, almost like a a reflection in a mirror or something like that. Ah, interesting. Very good. Okay. Right. So yeah, he's he's yeah. just staring back at he's you. That's the first appearance. Then the next time you see him, he's with the with the mannequin yeah. dummy things that he's sort <laughs> yeah. of doing. What is his thing too? Right. And uh, we'll talk about. The possible voyeurism uh, that James has from inside right, the closet there, watching. maybe a little bit later. Um, but it, it's 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 really interesting as soon as Maria starts appearing, mm-hmm. because again, am I remembering the correct order of things here? Um, he we talk, yeah because we talked about how he 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 showed up and just knocked us through that gate, right? Yeah, yeah. He just shows up and yeah, and then we kind of fall down. Yeah, and then. It, it's almost like Pyramid Head. He'll sh- the more the the spots in the game where James is sort of buying into Maria or becoming closer to oh. Maria. Pyramid Head tends to show up and try to to stop that. Well, that's interesting. I don't know if you no. felt that way. Well, I or... didn't know. Like, the way that you just now put it, like, yeah. the closer we get to Maria, the more interactions we have with her, um, the more that, yeah, the the more difficult that that shadow kind of becomes. Yeah. And the more resistant that Pyramid Head becomes and the more he kind of, yeah, up until the point where he's just killing Maria. Right. He's just like, boom. And it's like... Well, we've played the whole game at this point <laughs> multiple times, right? So, yeah, I see that. I feel I feel like that's probably correct. Well, this was also something that was mentioned in the comments of the last video. Um, and I tried it. I tried mm-hmm. it on purpose on the second uh, time I ran through it, trying to get a different ending. When you see Pyramid Head in the stairwell, and I was talking about, like, he, like, walks down. He's not, like, really attacking yeah. you even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just kind of... He's like, it's like he's leading you somewhere. He's not. Oh, because then the water drains and then we follow. He's trying to like show you where to go. This is so, okay. You don't even have to fight him there. You don't have to shoot him at all. That's true. That's true. Um, So you show up. He's there. James is freaked out and wants to leave. But as soon as Pyramid Head goes where he goes, we just, we end up following him. Yes. That is, that's a strange 
thing to happen. Yes. Right? Yes. That's almost like a dream. Yes. <laughs> it's like, why am I following the, the thing monster. that I am yeah. deathly afraid of? Um, but in some ways, it's kind of the only thing to do. Yeah. And so you do it. Yeah. And that's how dreams are. It's like, well, here's the thing to do, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like, if I'm not mistaken, you had just had an interaction with uh, with Maria. Was it that... Um, she came back and, and she yelled at us, right? She yelled at him because like, oh, you left me behind. And he thought he, she was Mary again. And she got all upset about that. You this didn't is, even care about this me. This is before she dies, I think. Right. This one. Yes. Right. It, yep. was, it was that yep. interaction or around that point that we exited that building and pyramid. Oh, that's where we first got separated. That's where it's, so it was before she, we were before in the hospital. she yelled at us. Yeah, we left her in and the hospital. And we left her in the hospital to then, rest. Yep, yep. And the pyramid head knocks us through that gate. Yeah. It, it's almost like it's a warning, like stop pursuing this idealized version because he's, he's leading us to that's, somewhere. That's really he's leading good. us to a truth, right? <laughs> that's really And the good. more that we focus yeah. on Maria, he starts trying to interrupt that. Now, oh, as geez. soon as we get back to Maria after having been knocked through the fence, yeah. Pyramid Head when he shows up, he kills Maria. He's like, I will take this from you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now it's like, he's more forceful about it. It's like, no, you can't, you cannot right. be focused on Maria. You got to right. find Mary. Right. Yeah. It's almost like what he's, he's trying to lead you to. So yeah, that's really good. Um, I just wanted to mention, that was one thing that I was kind of holding back from saying <laughs> last time that I wanted to make sure I get in here, but it's, it's at this point now that he's, he's taken Maria out and James is kind of stuck in this purgatory. Now, why is that the case? I put this uh, quote down here. Mary, are you really waiting somewhere for me? Or is this your way of taking any trails off? So he's, he's beginning to ask himself, mm. wait, are you really here? Or, and the more he sort of like dances around that or avoids right. finishing the sentence is this sure. your way of taking yes. okay, yeah. revenge or is this way you take whatever it might be that he was thinking he, yeah. he dances around that mm. and so it's like you're not ready yet like you're not ready to face the truth so as the description of the key here says tis doubt which leadeth uh, thee to purgatory so okay. he is doubting what he's almost about to accept with that statement. He's right. about to say, wait a minute, are you really here or is my reason for being here not correct? Right. Is there some other reason? And as he starts to go there and then he doubts it, he has to go through this purgatory section, which is diving deeper and deeper through all these holes. Yeah. And it, I mean, it goes down several of them, right? A bunch. You would assume you're really, really far down at this point. Yeah, right. Yeah. But then that's when we meet with Eddie... I think because because there's two there's two encounters with Eddie. I think we missed one here, where he's on the ground and he's like, "Oh, killing people's not like yeah. that hard, right?" Yeah, killing people ain't no big deal. Just put a gun to their head, pow. Yeah, Eddie is messed up. Yeah. Yes, and so in that scene, I think is where James is realizing like something's. I mean, he's been denying he's done anything like from the beginning. So it's yeah, been, yeah. it's been, I feel pretty obvious that he has killed. And, <laughs> um, but like 
it's getting more obvious at this point. And, and, and yeah. James is starting to realize something's really wrong with this guy. But at the end of that scene, Eddie gets up, oh, I'm just kidding. Like, right. he was dead when I got here. It's, you know, it's well, no problem. There, there's a dead person on the table right there. Yes. And it's just like, Eddie, did you do this? Right. And he's like, uh, as soon as we push him on it, then Eddie starts being like, oh, it right. wasn't me. I didn't do it. I, did. I was just joking. He was right. already dead. Yeah. Yeah. So wherever Eddie goes, um, death seems to follow. Yeah. Yeah. So he said something about how he kills this guy because he made fun of me with his eyes. Ah, that's right. That's right. Yes. And how he killed a dog as well. Yeah. Yeah. Both, he says, had it coming. Um, and then he tries to play it off as a joke. He was, he was already dead when he got here. I was already dead. Honest. He was already dead. Right. So, um, that's when you go down three more holes after that. Yeah. Another really long, like lift down into a prison cell where you find Maria alive. Now, this was something I wanted to get your opinion on because um, I think last episode you had said you, you were struggling to, to sort of um, understand which is what's real and what's not. Yes. And yes. I was like, well, you're about to see Maria be Once randomly resurrected. And, and not even hurt. And, <laughs> and not even... Not acknowledge that not it acknowledge happened, it. right? Yeah. So a lot of this seems to not be real. I have some notes before we get here. Okay. Um, so first off, the room, I can't tell who that was that died. You didn't, you couldn't tell. No, that, right? no. It was just no. some person just was dead. somebody who um, had made fun of Eddie, I guess. And it looked like a, I couldn't tell what that room was either. The tables and yeah. stuff. Was it a classroom? Was it like. You know, we should probably touch on this real quick it too. Um, <clears throat> it seems to me, well, and, and we kind of alluded to this last time too, but. There, people are seeing different things. So Eddie is oh, seeing yeah. different things than uh, James is seeing. However, there seems to be some overlap yeah. when James meets up with them, where he can kind of see some of the things that they see, but maybe they're slightly different. But it's it's like the two, the other worlds, <laughs> right? Because we read that um, letter that was in the hospital from that doctor talking about oh, other worlds and stuff, right? Right, sure. Um, this delusion that this patient was in and he's yeah. happy there is it really right. right for me that whole thing Do we have right. to take him out of that so what's what seems to be happening is that each person each real person who is in silent mm -hmm. hill at this time is in is entering some kind of other world that is just their own perception it's their own reflection of their own inner mm -hmm. demons and things like that um mm. so when when james mentions pyramid head to eddie he doesn't know what he's talking about um so it seems that Eddie is encountering people who are just mocking and making fun of him all right. the time. Right, and in which case, and, and that's once again, that would be a, a classic projection right. case, right? You know, there's a lot of people, you might meet a lot of people who think that everyone around them is judging them. Yeah. I, I've heard this a lot where people say, oh, I don't go here, I don't do this thing, I don't talk to these people because they're always judging me. And right. it's like, you're, you're judging yourself yes. and you're projecting that judgmental nature onto these other people. Yes. Like that's actually your shadow that you're yes. confronting here. Yes. And you're just assuming that first off that everyone cares about you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Second off that they're talking about you and judging you all the time. And it's like the likelihood is that they have their own problems yes. and that you're actually the one judging yourself and you're seeing things that aren't there. Yes. And so when Eddie shows up and he's like, oh man, they, you can see it in their eyes. It's mm -hmm. like, he's actually confronting his own shadow in a sense yes. where he is projecting 
like his own shadow onto them, which is like his sense of worthlessness and his feeling of, of just not being enough and end of being, you know, he's got all sorts of like his unhealthy eating and all of this stuff. He's, he's just assuming that that's what people are seeing because that's what he sees when he looks in the mirror. Right. And so he sees it in there. He said, you can see it in their eyes. And I think he even accuses us at some point. He's like, not yes. you too. Yeah. Not that's you the, too. Yeah, the, okay. The good. next one when we actually fight him. Yeah. And we just offer the slightest amount of pushback and he just, boom, we become his shadow. And he's yep. just like you and it's a projection. That's how yes. projection works. Right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually quite possible that who he killed was not a person at all. It's one of the monsters of Silent Hill, but it is him projecting his bullies from the real world and that's what the monsters are for him yes that's right, right. and so um, and he feels justified in killing them right, right. just it, like we're killing our monsters right he's killing his monsters so you know that's an interesting question well if yeah. he didn't kill anybody but he, the, the, that's not the important part the important part right. is he's willing to go that far right he's yes. willing to go far yes. enough to kill other human beings over being bullied or mocked or made oh, fun yeah. of made with fun of the eyes like the that's eyes. enough yeah they don't even to justify say anything him. Yeah. It's just the eyes, yeah. Right. So he, this is how far gone he is at this point. Now, um, one thing I found, because I was looking for it, because I had researched stuff, um, when you first find Eddie in the bathroom, there's a room kind of just adjacent to that where there are some posters and, oh, and things do, like I that. Oh, I did see that. Did one. you see the football players? Yeah, I remember and, a sports yeah. something or other. Yeah, yeah. So, and he'll mention this later too, somebody that he shot and said hey, let's see you play football on, on what's ah, left of your knee yes right? yeah, yeah so there are illusions here i think there's another poster in there that says something like physical beauty on it or something like that mm. so clearly what eddie is dealing with here is his who knows how long of body shaming bullying uh -huh. that he experienced and yeah basically the moment that he then decided to take revenge for those things he killed a dog at least right. we know that much right but then also shot some football player that was maybe a bully of his in the knee mm. <laughs> uh and we'll, we'll get more to that in a minute but i just wanted to point out that the, the, there's more evidence like as we're going around here that eddie's not seeing the same thing that james no. is seeing uh laura's not saying seeing the same things angela's not seeing the same things they're all seeing different things Right. Um, and and hmm. everything that they're seeing is, is reflections of their own demons, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So You know, there's a bit of denial going on with Eddie, too, because when he's talking with Laura and she asks him, oh, did you kill anybody? And he's like, nah, nothing like that. Yes. And then it's like, no, exactly something like that. Yes. <laughs> like something very right. similar to that. Yes. Um, but yeah, so he's got this denial thing going on. And of course he denies it with us too. And he just, he runs away. Well, but what's it's so obvious what happened. What's so interesting in that scene too is he denies it at first. No, nothing like that. But then she says, well, if you did something bad, why don't you just say you're sorry? And that time he doesn't bother trying to deny it. He's just like, well, no one would forgive me. Yeah, that's right? true. So his attempt to deny having killed someone doesn't last long, even in that conversation. <laughs> that's true. So, uh, yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, yeah. So well, did okay. you have any other notes there yeah, yeah. before the Eddie? So first off, the hallway place is totally crazy. Yeah. Um, we, we come to a gallows, like this crazy gallows. Yeah, the prison cell. And in front of it. Um, there's an icon of two pyramid head people and a person hanging in between them, which I thought was very yes, interesting. Yes, and they've got spears, right? Something like that, yeah. yes. And then in the middle of it about. is is uh, 
is a person that's hanging, right? Yes. And so, but the, with the pyramid heads, it makes them look kind of a little bit KKK-ish, right? Like yes. a little culty, a little um, like execute executioner. Did you see that one? Yes, I did see yeah, that one. I right. didn't know what to make of it, though. I didn't. Know it's what... almost like this. This one was a, a prelude or some kind of like early version of what the pyramid executioners would eventually become when they, you know, like this uh, was the first version of Pyramid Head before they had like the actual helmets. But very, anyway, very interesting stuff. Then we've got tons of Aztec imagery here as well. Um, there's the three tablets of atonement, right? So, um, and they each of them has like a different Aztec looking like figure on it. Yeah. Um, so the word atonement means to cover, right? So these are the tablets of covering. Uh, well, it comes from the Kippur, uh, from a word, a Hebrew word that means to cover. Um, the ancient Jews would cover themselves with using animal sacrifice. It was like a way of protecting yourself or mm. or of, of anyways, that, that's the idea, right? Um, this, um, this is also similar to the garments of skin from the story of Adam and Eve, right? The covering is of animals, right? So you cover them and that was animal sacrifice that was there. And then on the day of atonement, the sacrifice happens and... That's that's how you know the ancient Jewish uh, religion worked. I'm being very brief, by the way. <laughs> um, so uh, they were covered by the skin of animal, animals, and what, it's what kept them from the wrath of God, right? So these tablets of atonement are offerings to God. They're offerings of the shadow self, as far as I can tell. You've got gluttony. There's the tablet of gluttony, um, the seductive and oppressive aspects of oneself to the unseen future prospect of self-betterment and individuation, right? So you give up the gluttonous self, the seductive, the oppressive, and those kinds of things, right? And that's that you do it so that you can better yourself, right? So the sacrifices are not of themselves atonement, but rather uh, they make an atonement or a covering for your for oneself, right? That's the idea. So another way of saying atonement is to separate the words, like at one meant, right? So to make one with, to become one with. Yes. Did you know that word was actually made up? It's a completely made up word into the English language to when they were translating the Bible. Oh, so like, like it, it, they had to find a way to translate a word. Yeah, they were and like, they it doesn't... Like, Let's just put, cobble this one together. Exactly. <laughs> so atonement, the fact that it's at one meant is like, well, that's not just the way it came etymologically. It just, that's how they decided to convey it. Okay. And it literally, that is literally what it means. So atonement means to make one with or to become whole, to be whole, to be the individuated self, right? So sacrifice is the path towards atonement. One must still bring those parts together for a unification, right? You don't just eliminate them. You recognize them, bring them to the front, tame them, and then use them to cover yourself from the difficult realities of life. Anyways, that's what I've gotten here. Um, so there's the gluttonous pig is one of them. The yes. oppressor and the seductress. Yes. And um, they, they, they look like Aztec gods from what I can tell. Well. Or Mayan maybe, but that kind of thing. Also think about, well, maybe we're going here with this. Who of our characters Eddie, represent Eddie each is of the these. gluttonous pig. Right. The seductress is clearly Maria. Well, I would th you would think it's Maria. But I but would, but but, I would. but maybe consider this. What if it was someone who didn't know or didn't intend to be a seductress? Um give me a sec. Like James? No. Someone who had no intention but was a seductress. Well, you'll have to tell Angela me. Angela to her father. 
Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Okay. Someone well, who doesn't you... know or is not intending to fulfill okay. that role. That is interesting. All of a sudden, that term feels really dark when you oh, think geez. about it like that. Okay. So, <laughs> well, I thought I had this figured out, but that's very interesting, actually. And especially with where this game kind of goes, I wouldn't put it past them. So, that's yeah, possible. I'm not, I'm not saying that that is, like, necessary. Because there's just so many ways you can interpret or, or, or read the game but that was something i came across when i was kind of like preparing notes for this i was like oh man like (laughs) because and and we've taken we've taken um spoilers off the table so yeah i don't know if we should save this for the end of the game or not just to like be concise and not like run away with like tangents constantly yeah but who do you think are the real characters, like the real life humans, and who okay. do you think are the are not having real? beaten the game? Yes, having beaten the game, I am now of the opinion that um, none of them are real. No, okay, that's very interesting because I I I really see that's my current opinion a very valid way of reading it that way. Yeah, and and so. Maybe we'll save a fuller discussion on that for later. Okay. For the end. But another really valid way I see of reading this is that it's James, um, Angela, Eddie, and Laura are the real people. And Maria is not. And then Maria is not. Um, The Mary we see in Silent Hill is not. Um, All the monsters clearly are not. Right. Um, and then what other characters do we even see in the game? I'm trying to think. Uh, that would, I guess that would be it. But like okay. the, the, the real people who are here are Angela, Eddie, James, and Laura. So anyways, my reading as to Angela being the seductress is because I'm considering her the real person and Maria not the real person. Ah, interesting. Okay. Because Maria would more squarely fit into that, like, uh, uh, you know, at first glance. Yes, clearly, yeah. But she's not real, and she's not going through Mm. a trial in Silent Hill the way that the other characters are, especially because of the point where you come across those tombstones. Remember the three tombstones that are there? You have one that has Angela's name on it. where the the graves are dug out. Yeah, Eddie's name on it and one with James's name on it. Right. So... Why wouldn't Maria's oh, tombstone be there? Because she would be arguably be more important. But now, but here's that's thing. that's just one Here, piece of evidence thing, for that reading I, I, of it. But there are other okay. There are other evidences for the reading. You, there you is took. another tomb that is covered, though. Yeah, that's probably the, I would think. And to our knowledge, Maria is dead at this point, right? Oh, but yeah, but then she comes back. Yeah, but we don't know that. So it would be weird if they put her name on a grave and then the grave was dug up. Then you'd be like, oh, wait. Sure. She's not. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. Uh, (laughs) Okay, okay. So we were in the the painting or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm done with that. Um, And then we head up to um, like a morgue of sorts. Yes. There's like a morgue. It's the it's the craziest place. I don't know what's up with that, but there's there's no map anymore. We don't really have access to a map. Yeah. So that means we're we're basically in a more or less uncharted territory. Um, and then I have another one. There's this a puzzle with one head but many faces. And that just oh. made, that just made me laugh. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like. Hmm. 
a lot of these things come together. I can we can talk about who who may be real and who may not be, and why yeah. I actually think none of them are um, later. Yes, uh, but um, yeah, we've got one head with many faces, and I think that that's just uh, uh, possibly a, an accurate description of what exactly is happening right now. Right. Uh, James is confronting the many faces of himself. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because each of those characters could represent, just like every other character, uh, every monster, everything, represents yeah. some projection of his right. psyche, right? So, Which like, is often true in a lot of stories. But in this one, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I really have a hard time accepting that any of these characters are real at this point. Um, but a lot of stories, it's like, yeah, you'll still have projection. projection. You'll still have characters that represent things like the anima, the, the seven archetypes, and all of that sure. stuff. Um but with this one, it, it, it all seems to be aspects of James one way or another. Right. Okay, and now we come to Maria. Okay, so you find Maria alive in a prison cell. And, <laughs> yeah. and she's not only alive, she doesn't even seem to be scratched. She doesn't nope. seem to be uh, even, she doesn't seem to even remember what we're talking about. It's almost like it never happened. She has no memory of it at all. Um, yep. You know, she says, are you confusing me with someone else? You were always so forgetful. Now, here's the really interesting part. She's known part. him forever, apparently. There's the other interesting part about the scene. With Maria, too. So, Maria was... When we first came across Maria mm. in, at the pier near the lake, Yeah. James misidentifies her as Mary. Yeah. And she's... She doesn't like that. It's like each time it happens, she gets like increasingly more frustrated mm. about it, right? So, like... Um, what was it that she said? Uh, oh, did you, did you mistake me for your girlfriend or something like that? That was the first time. But then when you find her again, after Pyramid Head had hit you through the gate and you found her and she's like, oh, I've been like, I was so scared. And she's like screaming at you. Yeah. She gets really mad at you there for misidentifying her as Mary. Right. Because she wants you to forget Mary and be with her. That's kind of like her M.O. at this point, right? Yes, yeah. But in this scene, it's really interesting how in the beginning of it, the way that she's talking and the way that she's acting is really different from how she's been otherwise. Uh, Most of the time, she's more of the seductress. She's being extremely flirtatious. She's... um, being the idealized, sexually idealized version of James's wife, Mary. But here she's being much more like sweet and cute and talking to him in ways that, you know, she uses the term honey. Um, Right. And she's acting like they've known each other for a very long time. And acting like she doesn't know anything about the fact that she was just impaled by Pyramid Head. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, we're going to get probably more in depth with this next time when we cover the born from a wish sub scenario with her. Okay. But it's almost like along the way, she's not just being made up of James's desires, but also has some memories from Mary herself. Hmm, right, and those right, right. tend to get stronger as the game goes on. Sure. Which is why it was interesting to me. She had this attachment to Laura that she can't understand. Because hmm. Mary was Laura's friend in the hospital. Yeah. And Maria feels like, I just feel responsible for this girl and I don't know why. 
like what other reason would there be other than she's sort of inheriting mm. or awakening certain memories from Mary along the way. Right. So a lot of this dialogue seems to be like she's she's talking as if she's Mary and then she kind of snaps out of it in the middle of it. Now this scene is a really important one too because it's the one that's depicted here in, in the scenes kind of on our, on our sides here. Yeah. Uh, where she's on the other side of the bars and he comes and sits down. And that's actually like the first thing you see in the demo, like the, that, that plays on like the start screen if you don't do anything on the yeah, start screen, yeah. right? Um, this is like the first scene I think that they conceived for the whole game. So this was like oh, a really scene. important scene for the writers. So are you confusing me with someone else? You're always so forgetful. Like how would she know that? She just met us. See, this is a Mary yeah. memory coming through, right? Remember that time in the hotel? Like, how would she know? And, right, and, and right. then he asks Maria, like... He's like, are you? You're not Mary, you're Maria. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, she says, you, you said you took everything, but you forgot the videotape we made. I wonder if it's still there. And then he says, how do you know about that? Aren't you Maria? And then she starts to, she starts to kind of snap out of it. I'm, I'm not little, your but, Mary. Yeah, I'm not your Mary. And then he says, aren't you Maria? And she says, I am Maria. If you, if want, you want me, me to, to be. be. Yes. I do have some. Right. And then, then she says, see, I'm real. Don't you want to touch me? And then she starts being seductive like she yes. had been the whole time again. Right. So it's like this, this kind of duality in her where mm. like half the Maria half or the Mary half. Right. Was sort of like stronger or coming out at the beginning of the scene but then and this is kind of the um what i was alluding to even back in xenosaga where they talked about the uh the thanatos um oh eros eros thanatos yeah. thing and how they tried to represent that in the mary maria sort of like split in this character mm. um I don't think we're going to have time to really go into Eros Thanatos today. Maybe that's something we can say <laughs> for the final episode. Hey, good, good, good. But this is uh, at least one instance in which the, the, the creators directly alluded to like working that concept into yeah. the story. Well, there's some good stuff you just mentioned about the difference, right? And how she's yeah. acting kind of like Mary, but then she's acting kind of like Maria. Yeah. Um, this, is the, this is interesting. As soon as he asks, who are you? And... She says, I'm not your Mary. Yes. Right? I'm trying to think of exactly how to word this because this isn't in my notes. This is from what you just said. But she says, I am Maria if you want me to be. And then she begins acting like Maria. Yes. Now, given that she is probably a projection yes. from his mind, it seems as though... And th this goes back to their first meeting when she said, um, maybe you hated Mary, yes. right? Um, we, it's like, I am Maria if you want me to be. And I think the idea there is that, yes, James wants her to be Maria. And so she begins to be Maria. James doesn't actually, and this is part of his inner conflict, he doesn't actually want Mary. Yes. He kind of just wants Maria, yes. right? And that 
there's this point where it's like, oh, wait, you're being kind of a little too much like Mary. Can you kind of go back to that other thing that right. you were doing? Right. And she does it. And then we're like, okay, I'll go help you out now. I'll go save you. And it's like the world, it's like we experience some cognitive dissonance and then, okay, everything's back to how we want it to be in our, our fun little world. Yes. Um, and now we now we can move forward, right? But we couldn't really do anything up to that point. Um, that's kind of the way I see it right now. I, I think that that's a really good reading. And it leads to the central inner conflict that I was kind of alluding to with the whole pyramid head trying to keep him on track thing, right? He he does want to see Mary because there's a part of him that wants to accept the truth of what's happened. Mm, right. And is wanting to confront it and accept it. But there's the other part of him that doesn't want to, that wants to run away from it. It's that a wants very to, strong part. Yes. Yeah. And so he's fighting with himself. And I think that's yes. a really great way of reading the scene is that every time he seems to start... Mm-hmm. getting to the truth he he sort of he sidesteps it for a second yeah and he, he wants to remain in his in his mind a little while longer yes yeah it's it's like he's getting there he's getting there but as he's on the cusp of getting there he'll he'll just he's not quite ready to go there yet and he steps back mm-hmm. and there's so many places where this happens there's at least a couple of quotes where he he starts to kind of say something but then he and I think I wrote them down, so we'll get to the yeah. other. But the one that I read already was, you know, are you really waiting for me here? Or is this your way of taking? And then he kind of trails off. A detour. This is almost yeah, like yeah. a visual. Well, I guess it's 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 both visual and uh, there's dialogue, obviously, as well. But the scene is almost a representation of that concept. Mm. It's like, I'm talking to Mary I don't know if I want to talk to Mary just yet. <laughs> Let's get Maria back. Let's get Maria Let's back. Substitute you out. And okay, then, who? Okay. I don't have to actually yeah. accept this yet. Now I can keep doing it. Just like when we played um, Senua's Sacrifice, right? Yeah. It's like, ah, we're so close to the truth. But then it's like, oh, 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 good. Oh, yeah, Mary's here. Oh, darn it. I guess I got to go unlock 12 more doors now so I can get you. Yes. I just, I got to do it, you know? Yes. And it's like you're A kind distraction. of making your own obstacles so that you don't have to actually deal with it. You know the goal is to deal with it, but you're going to put as many things in front of that as possible so that it kind of prolongs the inevitable. Right. So, anyway, uh, come and get me. Don't you want to touch me? Come and get me. I can't do anything through these bars. And then, okay, stay right there. I can't do anything through these bars? Yeah, I think think it's just because it's like, I can't. I know, I know, but can't can't jump the bones when we're on the other <laughs> other side of the bars right she she uh, just seems really tired though all of a sudden anyways yeah. it's it's interesting um okay I'll, I'll be stay right there i'll be back soon so he, yep. he's going to find a way to get to her um now my next note is with angela do you have something in between this and angela i i just love the line you were always so forgetful yes i think that's a great line james is a forgetful person Yes. Like th- think of what happens in the mind when you're forgetting something, right? Or the reason why you forget stuff or, or better yet, the reason why you would remember something or, you know, things of that nature. Um, it seems like um, at least it's possible to forget things if you want to forget things, yeah. right? Right. Um, anyways, James, for whatever reason, James, uh, he doesn't have a very good memory. <laughs> that's, yeah. all, that's all I'm going to put out there. But uh, well, it's good that I mean, Maria kind of references it. He's definitely suppressing for sure. memories. He's forcing himself to forget things. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's he's almost being purposefully forgetful. Yeah. But this may and, have been a habit of his even before Mary sure, died. Where yeah. it's like, yeah, you kind of forget stuff, don't you? Like you don't 
No, no, no. Yeah. I, right. I'm not making fun of anyone here who's just naturally forgetful. I'm saying that in this story, it might actually suggest something deeper. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so anything then, up to Angela? Uh, up to Angela? No, uh, th- I've just got one note here, actually. So okay. it's, uh, we, get, we get the big, a big knife. Right, we get the big like sword. Oh yeah, kind of thing. the pyramid head. Um, and great it's, knife. Yeah, it's yeah. pyramid heads. Um, it's the one that pyramid head. So this is really good. Um, I don't know. Well, okay, I don't know how to tie this into everything at the moment. But the note that I have here so far says that we are going to use the weapon of pyramid head. Um, we are going to use the weapon of our shadow against itself. Right. Mm. That's progress. That's a step forward. Sure. Right. Yeah. One of the ideas is that um. Oh, how would you put it? Like in the second Harry Potter book, right? How Harry uses the basilisk fang to destroy the diary, Tom Riddle's diary, right? Yes. Like like taking a part of the enemy, of the of the 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 shadow, the monster, whatever it is, taking a part of the dragon and using it as a weapon against the against the enemy yeah. anyways like being able to make that switch to turn it around um that signifies some uh, progression right some some uh, like a step forward right he's starting to take things from the shadow he's starting to take things from you know from that place the treasures and he's starting to use them for himself right that's mm. an integration of the shadow sure like you talk about the idea of like you don't just want to banish the shadow um you want to like integrate it and then when you need to use it yes and that's kind of what james is doing that's where he's going so i like that i thought that was pretty good i like that and then i'm at angela okay so this is an intense one yeah Um, yeah it is so you hear her from a hallway screaming no daddy please don't yep this is where it becomes obvious that she was molested and uh, sexually abused by her father yeah um so you you come inside this room um, and the walls are made of flesh. Okay. There are holes kind of along the upper part that have pistons sort of thrusting in and out of them. Yeah. I, I think that was suggestive. I think that part is suggestive enough to be obvious as to what that's alluding to. Yes. Um, but then she's obviously seeing, well, we've talked about how these characters see different things than the other. What, we see, and what we fight here, is called the Abstract Daddy. It's the name of the enemy. Let's see if mm. I, I've got it here. I'm going to talk about all the freaking enemies <laughs> today, but this one, right? So yeah. if you look at it, um, there's two things I see in this. But the, the hmm. obvious one seems to be a bed frame, yes. a female figure lying underneath a male figure who is in a dominating position. Um, so hmm. I think... The first reading of what this thing is would be an allusion to uh, the abuse that Angela suffered from her father. Right. And, you, and it is clear that at certain points, James overlaps into the other worlds of the other characters. Okay. So I think it could be very well that this is something similar, but maybe like warped in the way that he sees things, but a similar thing to what she's seeing. She's seeing a a representation of her father's abuse to her. And so he's also seeing that because of his overlap, but it's like maybe it's represented more closely to the monster types that he sees than what she sees. Oh, I see. Sure, sure, sure. So he can kind of get the idea. 
Yes. Well, in this abstract daddy, he can sure. like abstract the idea and then and then realize it in his own in his form. own yeah. other world way. Yeah. That's one way I think to look at this. That's pretty good. Here's another way. Uh, because spoilers are off the table. <laughs> He murdered his wife by uh, by suffocating her with a pillow while she laid in a bed. Yes. And this he... is a male figure huddled over a female figure. Oh. I think you could also so see this as himself, himself uh, uh. suffocating his wife. I think that's another way you could read that boss. It's almost like the two things could both be in there. Right? Wow, yeah, I would not have picked that up. Um, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So... It's almost as it's, if he could be seeing himself. He could, it's almost like yeah. um, it's um, what it feels like is his the monster he would see or the monster that would would be represented mm. from his psyche is a reminder of what he did to right. his wife. So it's his own shadow. It's like a third person looking at his own self. Yes, right. But it's his shadow. Right, like it's something he's buried in his mind. But that's also that that symbol is yeah. then being mixed with Angela's symbol as well. And they both can be represented with the same symbol and both be read from the same symbol. Right, that's true. Um, so that's the abstraction. So yeah. it's like both things are the, kind huh. of the cross or the overlap of their other worlds sort of embodied in one symbol. Um, mm. So that I thought was really interesting. But the other thing, <laughs> I don't know if you even like looked at how many of those holes are on the walls. I didn't count, but it's quite a few. It's a weird number. Oh, what is it? It's it's not like an even number or something that would make sense to uh, uh, from a um, symmetry perspective for building <laughs> oh, it was the, definitely the model. Not symmetrical. Yeah, it's exactly twenty three. Twenty three. And I'm trying to think, you know, like know. what? Why twenty three? And I saw. It, I'm not taking credit for this because I saw someone else say this online. I thought it was yeah. brilliant. It could be the number of times Angela. Oh, that was happened. abused ah, by okay. her father. So that makes sense. That would make sense. So she's in this room. It's almost like this is the room. Yeah. That this is her prison, right? She's in yeah. her own. This is the her prison. And her prison is like just, and it is, it is a forceful, and she relives these memories, and she's trapped in this room, right? right. And yeah, 23, sir. I, I, that, that so yeah, I mean, it's just a, such a weird number. Yeah, yeah. Especially for a room that is more or less rectangularly right, symmetrical. Yeah. Like, why this odd number of piston things? Yeah. And, like, that that to me could be a really accurate reading of that. So, um, anyways, you fight this thing and uh, finish it off. Um, you talk to Angela here. Let me skip ahead to my notes here. Um, so James tries to comfort her. Uh, she doesn't trust him at all at this point. Um, and, uh, she says like, you make me sick. You said your wife, Mary was dead, right? And he says, yes, she was ill. And she says, liar. I know about you. You didn't want her around anymore. You probably found someone else. And he says, that's ridiculous. I never, but it's basically exactly right because of course, we know that that's one of his motivations behind killing her. Yeah. But now he's found Maria. And that's the whole conflict of the game. Are you going to chase after this delusion? 
of or, this idealized version, okay. or are you going to accept what you did? Right. And so that's kind of what he's fighting, and she's seeing that, right? She's she's seeing that he's not um, maybe even being truthful to himself about this yet, so calling him a liar. Um, she says something about, I know exactly what you want. She's, she's more or less... Hmm. Um, well, obviously, she's in a, in kind of a distraught state, being oh, yes. like in kind of like that moment of trauma or whatever. But um, she's seeing kind of her father and him. Now, he's trying to calm her down. He says, Angela, relax. Don't order me around, she says. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to order you. So what do you want then? Oh, I see. You're trying to be nice to me, right? I know what you're up to. It's always the same. You're only after one thing. That's true as well. Because, mm. and, and we see this in almost all of the monsters in the game, really, uh, is, is James' sexual repression or his sexual frustrations being kind of embodied in these characters. And this is something mm. I kind of want to go over too. So I didn't get to do this last time. But I want to look at each of these monsters and that we've oh, seen yeah. so far and kind of talk about like what they represent, right? So we went over the abstract daddy monster and what that could mean. Yeah. But um, the first one we come across in the game is this lying figure. Now, this is the one that kind of looks like the straight jacket, right? Like the arms are kind of yeah. folded in the skin. Yeah. So obviously confined right. or confinement there. But... What the attacks of this enemy, they just try to like puke on you basically. Right, so, yeah. um, it's disfigured and it's sick. Okay. So Mary's illness, I think, and, and her, ah. her being trapped in it, hmm. uh, could be very well be embodied in, in this character. Um, as we see from some of Mary's dialogue at the very, very end in the, in the letter that she writes, she felt whatever her illness was, it, it did something to disfigure her. Like she, I don't, she had some lesions on her I face. I noticed that her, her, um, her, like the corners of her mouth, it yeah. seemed like there was, she looked very sick. Yeah. Yeah. So physically it had yeah. some kind of disfiguring, you know, symptom. Um, so, you know, the, the monstrous form, the confinement, uh, the inability to really like uh, the uselessness, I guess, because mm. I mean, we use our hands. It's it's they're immensely important to us. Right, like we yeah. can't really function well without them. I mean, obviously there are people who have lost limbs that find ways right. to take you know care humans, of themselves. Humans and are adaptable with yeah, adaptable, yeah. And, and you know you can use your feet for a lot of things that you didn't realize you could. But my, we used my to be point monkeys, is so. <laughs> is that your hands are really, really important. And so yeah. having, not being able to move your hands, I think is a great way to symbolize like being being useless. She uses the word useless. Uh, okay, right? I, sure. I'm useless, I'm ugly, I'm disgusting mm. um, and sick. And this, this monster, you know, vomiting, I think like clearly uh, represents that. So um, then we have, I think the next enemy we come across is the mannequins. So that the two pairs of legs, right? I think this is clearly a sexual symbol. It's just yeah. basically the, the female sex organ twice um, with legs. Yeah. Um, so uh, clearly th this one represents kind of his... I mean, you think about it, it was... I think it was... There's more evidence for this, which I think we can go over later, but, but three years that mm. he was watching his wife suffer like this right. and was yeah. probably unable to be intimate with her. Who knows whether right. the... Whatever this unnamed disease was is 
could be contracted in some way, you know. Oh, wow. So, like, who knows if that's the case? I mean, that's right. totally speculation. But I'm guessing he didn't have a lot of intimacy with his wife during these three years. Sure. Yeah. So, so repressed, uh, so sexual repressed desire. sexual yeah, desire. For sure. Um, and then you get these uh, these bobbleheaded nurses. Again, he's going to be in and out of the hospital. Oh, all yeah. the time. Wow, why didn't I make that's so right? Dumb. I didn't make that connection. Yeah. So he's going to be in and that's out of the so, hospital. That's the most obvious one. All the time. And yeah. he's going to be seeing these young nurses, yep. you know, uh, taking true. care of his wife, whether in the hallway or whether they're leaning over to change the sheets or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. He hasn't been able to be with his wife. I mean, he's going to, he started to have yeah. uh, real strong sexual desire in these other women. So that's kind of what these, what these nurses represent, right? Um, hmm. Let's see. Then I think with Flesh Lips was the next one. Um, so this was that monster that, uh, Laura led us to oh, in yeah. that room and she locked us in there and it was kind of like hanging from yeah, the ceiling. I remember that. Now, a lot of the monsters in this game, they're sort of like confined in these frames. I think that those mostly represent bed frames. That would be easy mm, because she was okay. constantly in bed, right? Okay. Confined to a bed. Ah, yes. That makes sense. But at the end of the game, she also apologizes a lot for yeah. having become really angry and lashed out all the time at him. Um, there's two conversations in particular, and then the the letter at the very end where she is basically apologizing for what she did yeah. to him, even though he's the one that killed her. <laughs> She's right. apologizing, right? So, um, Gosh, the, that would almost make his psychosis worse. Yeah. Like he feels bad enough thinking he's the bad guy, and then it turns out she's the one saying sorry. She felt like she was the bad guy the whole time. And then how bad were you to make her feel, feel like that, that bad about herself when right. she had no control and then it just makes you feel worse. Yeah. And so the fact that it's just these giant lips trapped in this bed, right, yeah. it, it could represent, well, I think this is one of the ones where Sato directly stated somewhere yeah. that this is a representation of her lashing out, yelling and screaming mm. at him and saying a lot of nasty things, pushing him away is sort of represented in, in the lips there, right? Um, the, another, another one here, Mandarin, this is a really rare enemy. I think you only find it in like one area in the game, Oh yeah. but like its hands have lips on them too. So like similar mm -hmm. thing there, female body seems to be, uh, but they hang from these grates. They're like underneath the floor. You're like walking on top oh, of them. Oh yes. And they're just I kind remember. Of crawling I remember from them underneath now. you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's basically just an abyss underneath them. They're just like hanging on for dear life. Right. So I think there's some illusions you can take from that right this uh holding on uh not wanting to accept death or or the abyss or just mm -hmm. like desperately wanting to cling um being separated from him right like there's there's a barrier yeah, between that's right, them that's right yeah that she can't like get the, the, you could that's think of it good. like emotionally you can think of it as far as communication you can think of it as far sure. as intimacy you can think of it but they're they're separated by this barrier and she's hanging on for dear life, mm, separated right. from her husband and their relationships deteriorating. So all of these monsters are representations of that. Of course, we have Mary, the final boss, which I won't talk I about won't yet. Talk about but um, the and then Pyramid Head is, is the one that's not the not, not the not female, female uh, enemy. And, and he is more of an embodiment of um, 
Well, one, leading himself to the truth. So it's it, like I said, when he faced off with him at the very beginning, it was almost oh, like a reflection yeah. of himself, right? This is, yeah, this yeah, is his yeah. shadow, as you, you've alluded to many times. Right, yeah. But also, um, Pyramid Head is created to punish James. It's like his, his desire himself. to punish himself yes. yeah. um, with this masculine, uh, dark sort of like uh, executioner figure. Right, and that's one thing I wanted to talk about too is the the history of um, Silent Hill a little bit. How they had these executioners in the past. So oh, yeah. we saw some of the the paintings right um, at the historical society. They had this one of these people that were hanging in these. <laughs> they're hanging in these uh, frames. Frames, yeah. and there's just a pyramid head there, right? But um, let's see. There's a quote that I wanted to read right up here. Boo, 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 boo. So it, it, it comes in, um, it, there's the historical society where you can look at the paintings or examine the paintings, you get little quotes about them, right? Mm. But there's also in, in the prison itself, um, Toluca prison camp. So it was originally set up as a prison camp built during the civil war, later became Toluca prison. So here in Silent Hill, they had a prisoner of war camp during the civil war. And there's another one you come across, another painting. I'll show you that one too. This one's crazy. Um, of this death by skewering that they did. <laughs> um, just shows all these dudes skewered oh, like geez. this, right? Yeah. And so they essentially set up a prisoner of war camp and they would do this death by skewering, an execution at the prison, death mm -hmm. by skewering or strangling. To choose his death is the prisoner's last taste of freedom. So these executioners that dressed like pyramid head mm. were the ones who carried out these executions in silent hill during like the civil war time when it was when they had prisoners of war there so it's like when he arrived in the in the town that historical figure kind of got combined with his will to punish himself and that's what pyramid head is so it looks the way it does because of the history of silent hill but its yeah. purpose is actually to help james stay in the right lane to accept what he has done hmm. and, and and to punish him along the way right. james's will to punish himself so that's kind of what wow, what pyramid crazy. pyramid head is the, the character's design is kind of all about that. So now I think we've talked about them all. Let me count them up here because this I want to see. But, uh, again, I feel like I get ahead of myself so much. But <laughs> you talked about save points earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The red, yeah, the little, red squares, little squares. So did you come across a part later in the game? Where there was a certain number of them on a wall. Was it Do you nine? remember this? Nine. It yeah. was exactly nine. Yeah. Guess how many enemy types there are in Silent Hill. Oh, One, is there nine? Exactly. Two, <laughs> three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And there's a ninth one that they're not showing here. There's nine. There's exactly okay. nine. So I want to know what you make of that before we <clears throat> get to that. Well, point. I <laughs> didn't realize that, but now I'm thinking about it. So there's nine. So these enemies represent nine different memories. I already kind of mentioned that the red square might have something to do with memory, not yes. only because it's a save point, right. but also because he looks at it and he feels like something's groping around his head. So he looks at the save point. These memories are these um, enemies you fight progressively. You you encounter more and more of them uh, throughout the game. 
Um, I would guess that that would have some relation to the save points. Um, and then, um, so for each save point, if it represents one of the enemies, it re represents a specific memory. And then by putting those memories all together, you can get the full picture. Right. And that's where he can finally, um, I don't know. The, so That's my best. The, the enemy that they didn't have on that page I was looking at is this creeper. That was the one that oh, they yeah. didn't list there. So, Also, the number nine in general does represent something along the lines of, of uh, completion. This would be an eastern, eastern, um, what would you call it? Not theology, but e eastern stuff. You've got the, um, you know, number nine being the the fullness of the single digits before you hit the ten, before you get the complete, right? So nine would be something like, uh, I don't know, because there's the temple, there's the lotus temple of, of the Baha'i faith in northern India, It's but it's not an eight-leaf lotus, it's a nine-leaf lotus. And nine is like some symbol of perfection, something or other, in the Eastern ideology, and then ten would be the completeness, right? Um, and so... You get the nine, and you're like almost there, but then there's the remainder, which makes it ten, which like rounds it out. Oh, right. um, so once you put it all together, then you then James needs to just add himself, and then you've got the number ten. You're 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 you've got the complete, you know, every all the fingers on the hands. Right. Um, so there's number nine, and then the memories and the enemies. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, what did you think of that? Is that more or less what you got for that? Um. Well, I didn't know about. Uh, the whole rounding thing that you talked about. Um, but essentially it was like, yeah, there were nine specific repressed memories. It's like I a memory. I, okay. Yeah. And, and especially since we go back to the mistranslated, come back to our memorable place, not mm -hmm. to our special place from the Japanese version. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's diving into the specific memories I feel like that these each represent that he has to overcome in order to like remember the real truth of what yeah. happened. So the parts of his memory that he's repressing, the parts he wants to forget, you know, I mean, if we kind of just go, if you, I'm not going to do it again, but you go through the bosses, it's like, yeah. or the, the enemies, abstract daddy, he's repressing the memory of having suffocated his wife. Right. That's what I'm reading in that. The nurses having these, Sexual urges for people other than his wife. I would the, say a lot of these represent single moments. So I would say that yeah. nurse represents one probably nurse. Probably one nurse. There's sure. one, probably In the same nurse for three years. Yeah. Yeah. That he just it's like, Hi, wanted, right? To see you. Yeah. Flesh lips, the the yelling and screaming that you do. Maybe one particularly bad. Yeah. And and I think that moment maybe even is captured in that long hallway right before you fight her uh, and you hear that. As that's right. Through. You hear that, yeah. Because he brought her flowers and she's that's like, right. get out of here. Like, I don't deserve that. You know, all that. Um, you know, the lying figure, probably some moment where he saw her suffering terribly and saw mm -hmm. saw disgust. Maybe he felt guilty for feeling disgusted as he oh, looked at his yeah. wife. Mm. Right. Um, you know, each one of these you, you can kind of see as being like a moment, more or less, uh, that he's trying to repress or, or that, that would lead him to the truth of what he did that he's trying to forcefully forget. Um, okay. Without all that said, we got really sidetracked from Angela. Oh um, gosh. Cause that's where we were. So maybe we should stop there. Okay. And uh, continue from that point to the end of the game uh, for next time. Um, anything else 
that no, you no. On. I think this is a good place to stop. Okay. Can't wait for episode five. Okay, so we're going to try to get on track here and uh, actually finish with the end of the game for the next episode. For thanks, thanks. Ah, so thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Till next week. Peace out. <laughs>